Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 20. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Dana, it's just me and you tonight. We've got Geordie and we've got Shalice uh, joining the show again next week. But uh, let's dive straight into the mailbag because everyone wants to know our thoughts on round five. What were your thoughts on that one? Who did you think was the, the most impressive team from round five? Much as I hate to say it, it's going to be Penrith. It was just they came out as a gate, guns blazing. Um, I watched, sitting there watching the first half, and I was like, oh, yeah, this will be somewhat decent. But I didn't think they'd come out that strong. And it was just the ball the ball skills and the speed, the speed of the passes uh, for each set was incredible. Obviously, their only downfall is they couldn't control the ball. Um, I don't know if they put butter or something on it, but they made so many mistakes that they were lucky they were playing the Bulldogs because if they made any of those mistakes against those other top four teams, it could have been bad news. But despite that, they still they did really well, and obviously they got the job done. Yeah, and it's kind of perfect for Ivan Cleary, right? Like when you've got this gun team that you know is going to be in finals football, you kind of like where a few things don't go your way because at least that gives you something to talk about on Monday. You know, you turn on the tape and you're like, what are we doing here? So, no, you're exactly right. A few things to clean up there. But, um, you know, the Panthers, they, they go out there and they do their business, and that is what's most impressive about the Panthers, Panthers Dana, is – you know, they know that they're heavy favourites going into a lot of these games, but you still have to go out there. You still have to do it. You know, tell that to the the opposing forwards that are trying to smash your face in week in, week out. Everyone is stepping up to try and, you know, take down the champions. So Penrith Panthers, they continue to, to roll through it. Um, they rem- they're the only team that's undefeated at the moment. So, um, no, I agree with that. Look, again, talk about, you know, painful acknowledgements of, of good football performances, and that would be the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles. Dana, this was a tough watch for my mighty Newcastle Knights. You know, it, it's it, it's easy to, to think about the excuses. So, you know, it was, you know, obviously the weather, um, you know, I guess it was a little bit wet for both teams, though, so that eliminates that. We lost a lot of players to injury. I thought um, I thought Adam Clume was particularly brave in terms of playing on with an injury that's going to keep him out for multiple weeks. So, you know, really brave performance there from from Adam Clune. Uh, and look, seeing Kalen Ponga get knocked around with concussions and HIAs and somehow being able to come out in the second half. So there was a few excuses there, but uh, yeah, Manly were, were too good on the night. I was going to ask, who was the person that like king hit? Was it Kalen Ponga in the back of the head? Yeah, look. I like was flicking through that game. Like in, after shooting a gig, I kind of like went through the highlights, and I was watching it, and they just got kicked in the back of the head, and I was, oh, I was just. I was like, bloody manly. Yeah, if, if we can just not with that as well, like, you know, Kalen Ponger, if we can just have, like, special rules for him. You just leave him alone? Yeah, which we're trying to look after him. Um, if some of the journalists can kind of go a little bit easier um, in the in the press conferences as well. Um, let's just try and not upset Kalen at the moment as we wait for him to sign on the dotted line to stay on at the Knights. But, no, look, I'm um, thinking, you know, flipping it over to Manly, um, starting to slowly see, um, you know, the team that was, I guess, the, the, the 2021 Manly side, who really hasn't turned up this season you know they were 
absolutely incredible to watch last year. If they weren't scoring 40 points, it was disappointing. So they put 30 on in, in a rainstorm, which was pretty impressive. They did it without Tom Trevojevic. How did they do it? They just played physical. You know, they won the middle. Um, in particular, Olakowatu, he's been really disappointing uh, in the start of the season. But you started to see a little bit more physicality from him in defense. I think his attack will start to come off the back of that. Um, Jake Trevojevic, he's starting to find his way. Um, but yeah, and, and Daily Cherry Evans, he is in rare form at the moment. And he's not trying to overdo his hand. I say that he does a a crossfield kick on tackle two or three when Newcastle were jamming up. I thought that was a little bit a little bit odd. But outside of that, again, he's kicking game. He's in rare form at the moment and doing special things. And a special mention, I say it most weeks, Kieran Foran, how are we here? How is it, you know, sort of April 2022? And he continues to perform after all the injuries that he's been through. I just love seeing him play and perform. So, um, yeah, great job there from Manly. Newcastle, we've got to go back to the drawing board going to have to call up a few players to replace some of these guys that are injured. But, um, yeah, hey, still early on in the season. Let's see what we can do. All right, Dana, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dana, let's jump into our feature game, and it is the Penrith Panthers coming up against the Brisbane Broncos. This is on Friday night out there at Penrith. Now, Dana, you know, it is a little bit challenging to play the Penrith Panthers at the moment. So, you know, the Brisbane Broncos, they're in the middle of a not quite a rebuild, but a rebuild. A couple of positives. I thought they they were much improved against the Sydney Roosters. Uh, they are going to miss Payne Haas. It looks like he's going to be spending a couple of weeks on the sideline through that silly suspension. But forgetting all of that, this this isn't quite the Brisbane Broncos over the last couple of seasons where they were down the bottom battling it out for the wooden spoon. They're starting to show some promising signs with, with you know, a few new signings. Kevy Walters is, is really trying to fight hard here. They were, you know, four points away from defeating the Sydney Roosters. Talk to me a little bit about the Brisbane Broncos. Again, no one's going to give them a chance against the Penrith Panthers, but, you know, things are starting to improve there slowly for the Brisbane team. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, considering they were the wooden spoon last year, they were close enough to it, if not. But, like, you know, to put up a fight, four points is not a lot, especially against the Roosters. Um, And I think that's something that people need to acknowledge them for because, yes, obviously they didn't get the win, but to only have four points in it against the Roosters when you sit on the bottom of the ladder, I think is an incredible effort by them. Um, But like you said, it's that kind of awkward not a rebuild, but it is a rebuild because they had to pull in so many players um, from across the competition. But I, I'm i really excited to see um, the winger matchup. So you got, obviously, Brian To'o against, like, Corey Oates, and I'm just excited to see if what Corey's got within him can kind of match up with Brian's speed and that, like, ability to just kind of get the ball and run with it and track that line real close and get a try. So... I'm excited to see if they can keep up with Penrith because they did a pretty good job keeping up with the Roosters. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And, and you know, quite often teams like Brisbane, you know, play up to their opposition. Sometimes they can play down to their opposition as well. But but I'm like you. I think, you know, a lot of people are going to be thinking, you know, 12 plus, 13 plus, um, you know, Penrith win this one easily at home. But, yeah, don't be surprised if the Brisbane Broncos don't keep it tight. How are they going to do that? 
they do have some very, very talented centres, Dana, at the moment. I think, you know, the young, the little pommy, uh, Herbie Farnworth, I think he's, he's he's some player. He really is benefiting from probably playing a little bit more um, NRL than, than probably, you know, at, at an early age, but that's really starting to come through now. And Tony Staggs, you know, he's starting to warm in. He's starting to get a little bit more match fit, and I thought, you know, he was very, very dangerous against the Sydney Roosters. You know, for me, he really makes defenses question, make poor decisions, rush in. So for me, um, you know, th- th- there's no point trying to to grind and play conservative football against the Penrith Panthers. If the Brisbane Broncos are a chance, they've got a chance here, um, I- I'd be attacking through those centres. Katoni Staggs, Herbie Farnworth, you know, I-, I you know gamble responsibly, but I think there's a try there between those two. There's at least a try, but I think it's what's going to, they're going to have to fight hard for that win if they want it from Penrith because, like you said, they're going to have to attack and they're going to have to attack hard and they're going to have to attack fast because that's something that Penrith does really well um, and not a lot of those kind of bottom half teams have the ability or the skills to do well. They'll fumble the ball, they'll knock it forward, you know, or they just tackle wrong or hit wrong. So I think that's something that, you know, Adam Reynolds um, and Al Kelly need to kind of combine together and and push through and try and get that momentum as well. I think if they can kind of get a, some points on the scoreboard a bit early on, then they can kind of ride that wave. And I think it's just trying to stop the blowout from Penrith if it kind of gets to that point. Like if you I you might be down, you just got to kind of keep that scoreboard as close as possible. Bit of a bit of a bold take. I think the Brisbane Broncos are one of the best first half teams in the competition like last year they started incredibly well in nearly all of their games the first 20 minutes the Brisbane Broncos were nearly the best in the competition the only problem is NRL games not played over 20 minutes and the remaining 60 minutes were a little bit difficult we're starting to see them sort of push that out and get a little bit closer to half time so I'm with you I feel like the Brisbane Broncos can compete early they've just really got to fight hard when that fatigue sets in right before half time if they can take a lead in the halftime, they're a chance. Um, but obviously, it's going to be challenging against the champions. You know, Dana, you know, they're still finding their way. They're building combinations. A couple of players who are probably looking forward to this one, Kurt Capewell. He's probably had this one circled for a little bit of time. I mean, it's not easy to leave, um, you know, a Penrith Panthers team who you know are going to be in and around, uh, you know, competing for premierships for several years. You know, it, it was a brave call for Kirk Capewell to leave the club. You know, may not have been exactly what he wanted to do. But, look, he's a really good footballer. Probably wore a cape a few times, you know, for the Penrith Panthers. What's your th- thoughts on Kate, Kurt Capewell coming in, coming into this game? Playing on the edge there in the edge back row position without Payne Haas, he's going to have to be pretty special in this one. I think that him coming from Penrith um, shows a lot that he's kind of, like you said, might not have been his best choice, but he's there, I would like to say, for the right reasons and uh, to help them kind of push the Broncos into that next era and that next level of, you know, maybe getting some wins, maybe kind of moving up that ladder and getting into the the finals. But, you know, I'm excited um, to see what he can do with Jordan Ricky on as well to see if they can kind of combine something there, get some some fancy footwork kind of moving through and, you know, a couple of dummies here and there and kind of push through that that defense as well. I, I'm excited to see what happens. And, you know, we keep going on about the Broncos, but the problem is, is we can't dismiss Penrith. And I think, you know, having just, it's just the skills that you see week in, week out against the, you know, that Penrith puts forward against every team is going to be a problem. But like I mentioned earlier, if they have as many, um, 
ball handling skills as they did over the weekend coming into this Broncos match, I reckon that's going to be a problem. Yeah, definitely. For no. Penrith Panthers. Yeah, Penrith, not, they, they can't underestimate this one for sure at home. And uh, look, just quickly, you know, last points as to how Brisbane can keep this one close. They've got to compete. They've got to have equal possession. Um, I guess the good thing is they've got one of the best halfbacks in the game in Adam Reynolds. I think he's playing a little bit frustrated at the moment. This is all new to him, playing in the Brisbane Broncos system um, out of South Sydney. Players are not where they're supposed to be. So I think, you know, he's a little bit of a general on the football field. I think we're going to start to see some improvement in play from the Brisbane Broncos. Just his combination with Jake Turpin there from the hooker position, him and Damian Cook, that was a very special combo there that he had at South Sydney. I, I you know, keep a close eye on his combination with Turpin because I think that will improve over time. And look, the coach's son, Billy Walters, you know, obviously with the injury and now the suspension for Albert Kelly, you know, Billy Walters really gets the opportunity to cement his spot there at 5'8". You know, this could be his jersey for, for a lot of years to come. He's only a young fella. The coach is the dad. He's a high-quality player. So, yeah, look, you know, keep an eye out on Billy Walters because if nothing else, he reminds me of like a, a Josh Reynolds effort-type player. He, he gives it absolutely everything he's got, competes for the 80 minutes, and, you know, that's, that's, that's a player that the Brisbane Broncos fans can get behind. All right, Dana, good point. I guess the only challenge ahead of the Brisbane Broncos towards getting two points is that pesky Penrith Panthers team um, that, that's ahead of them. Um, Dana, I, I guess, you know, one of the things that I, I guess is the major talking point for the Penrith Panthers at the moment is, you know, that they have had a few injuries, um, you know, come through the camp at the moment, but their ability to just bring in juniors like Taylor May, um, Isaac Targo, I mean, what's doing? They, these kids look like absolute superstars. It's it's almost unfair. You, you you put out the best 17 in the competition, you're winning most games, you get a couple of injuries, you bring up juniors that are absolute stars. I mean, it's pretty special what Penrith are doing here with these young kids. Oh, it's insane. You've got these kids coming through that are like 18, 19. They look like they're 26. Like the way that they're built and the skills that they've got going for them is almost unmatched. And I think that's something... You know, we've spoken about on here previously of the the skills and the ability that Penrith have coming through their system. And like you said, you know, a couple injuries here and there, but you can't, they can't, they don't skip a beat. They just kind of keep going and like, yeah, okay, shit happens and you've got head knocks and injuries left, right and centre, which is kind of what happens in that first six to eight weeks of the season is when it's you lose a lot of people sometimes and they either come back or they don't. But I think that's something that Penrith has drilled into their their camp is that whether you're in that first 18 or you're number 26 on that lineup, you're still a part of that team and you still might get on that field. So train and play as if you're going to, because you never know that you might get called up the next week. Well, Dana, what, what, what they're effectively doing is, you know, they're giving themselves a really good opportunity to pick up points during the state of origin period because, you know, one of the things we know is that there's going to be a lot of Penrith Panthers players selected for state of origin. And, you know, a lot of people wrote down maybe a couple of losses during that period. Well, you know, you're giving so many reps, you're giving so many games to some of these younger players that who knows, you know, maybe without Nathan Cleary and a few of the others, they could still win during that period. So, you know, it's pretty scary. Um, Dana, you know, obviously it's very difficult to go back-to-back. That's big, that's why it sort of rarely happens. The Sydney Roosters, uh, you know, pretty special performance recently. But, you know, when I think about the Penrith Panthers and, you know, them levelling up, you know, what is it going to take for them to take that next step to be... Um, you know, to, to keep everyone at bay. I think they're doing a pretty good job. For me, it's Jerome Luai. You know, Nathan Cleary, he's a special player. You know, I think he's still trying to, you know, find his way and um, 
you know, he, he spent a lot of time. He didn't really have an off-season, but I think Jerome Luai really needs to step up this season because I really feel like he's got another level in him. People talk about Cam Munster as being the, the you know, the clearly the best half 5'8 in the game. I really feel like Jerome Luai, this could be his year. Um, definitely has the ability. Very aggressive, talks a lot of shit on the football field, but, um, yeah, has a lot of potential this season to take that next step. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Um, I think Stephen Crichton is someone else that that really could push himself this year and I think will push himself um, just to kind of push that centre through and just get those attacking moments on a bit more and kind of like take the pressure off Nathan Clear a little bit because I feel like he kind of cops a lot of he has to kind of always be a part of the play. But I think if they can kind of share that ball around and change up their plays and kind of involve some of the other playmakers that they've got, like Dylan Edwards as well, like, you know, between Crichton and Edwards and Kurt Falls, you've got three incredible players that I think could just are unsuspected to have that ball and make those attacking moves as well. Yeah, no, look, that's exactly right. You talk about some of the pressure that's on some of these young halves in the game. Well, you know, Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary, they're two of the best, but still, you know, they have, I guess, pressure valves in and around them. Obviously, they have Crichton. They have these outstanding young juniors in the back at the moment. Dylan Edwards is pretty special, and we haven't even mentioned Appy Chorus here. So, yeah, they have great halves, but they also have some great plays in and around them that take a lot of pressure off. Um, all right, Dana, no sitting on the fence. Time to predict this one. Um, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm sensing you're, you're predicting a Penrith victory here at home. Yeah, look, I think unfortunately uh, because they are at home and Penrith is such a, a home-based team, if that makes sense, um, I think they're just going to get the win. I don't think they're going to blow it out of the water. Um, I reckon it might be a bit close, but I'm going to say 10 points up. Yeah, nice. Look, for me, I'm going to go Penrith, but not for the reason you think. I think it's the middles. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a different contest. Losing Payne Haas is huge. Uh, and the Penrith Panthers, you know, they, they like to be known as having a, a little bit of a hard edge to them. Um, you know, really haven't seen them truly dominate the middle so far this year. So I really feel like this is the week we see Penrith forwards dominate uh, Penrith Panthers to win that one. All right, Dana, this is the one you've been looking for. Let's flip it over to our next feature, and, and it is the Melbourne Storm uh, coming up against the Cronulla Sharks. You know, there were a few people in and around the media that sort of expected some special things from Cronulla. Um, you know, it, it, it's some pretty bold predictions because they've certainly been able to, well, they've been very, very dangerous. They sit second on the ladder. Uh, but Dana, coming down to your neck of the woods down there to Ramey Park in Melbourne, it's going to be a challenge for Cronulla. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm shitting myself. So <laughs> games at Amy Park and I'm going on Saturday night. But I, after the performance, like, Granted, they were playing against the West Tigers, but after the performance and the scoreboard that they put up over the weekend, I am very concerned about Melbourne. Um, I think we just, if we play kind of as well as we did against the Raiders, we'll be fine. But I am concerned because obviously they've got Nico Hines, you know, they've got Delphinukin. Like it's scary to for them to have two of our previously best players Uh, as such playmakers now in their side. Um, I think that's something I'm a bit concerned about because there's always been that kind of that tough game against Cronulla. Um, But obviously I'm not going to discount my mighty Melbourne storm from being able to come (laughs) back and kind of power through. Yeah. Look, uh, you know, the Redcliffe Dolphins are going to be Melbourne storm light. They're going to be Melbourne storm 2.0 next year. They've signed all their players, but you know, although though it's not a lot of players, those couple of players that you've mentioned there, Nico Hines uh, and Dale Finucane, have really turned things around. 
Um, some highlights for the uh, the Cronulla Sharks. Why are they playing so well? I think Will Kennedy, probably one of the most underrated fullbacks in the game, doesn't have that real star name, but um, certainly contributing. And you think about how much he's costing Cronulla. You know, this isn't a guy on $1.2 million. You know, he, he certainly, um, you know, for... You know, he's probably the best value player in the competition at the moment. And then, you know, well, what are they doing in these outside backs? Um, Talakai, you know, that front rower forward that plays in the middle, he's, you know, found his way out into the centres. And, you know, he's, he's the next Conrad Hurrell. So um, Talakai doing some great things. And Ronaldo Mulatalo, obviously we heard about, you know, his disappointing um, situation with Origin last year, you know, ineligible, unable to play. And, you know, you can see why he was pushing for representative honours because he is a high-quality finisher there for the Cronulla Sharks. Um, Nico Hines, we've spoken a lot about him. He is special. Um, I guess the most confusing thing for me is I really felt like he needed someone to really support him um, in those halves. It's the opposite. Nico Hines is just taking control of that football team, and he's really bringing the best out of Matt Moylan. Uh, Matt's always had the talent. Um, he was probably Nico Hines before Nico Hines, but injuries have been Matt's challenge. As, I, as I've mentioned most weeks, if Matt Moylan can stay fit and healthy and play out the remainder of this competition, you know, I, I guess the, the sky's the limit for the Cronulla Sharks. Uh, the other important ones, Britton Nakora uh, on the edge. Again, these outside backs, they get all the attention. But some of these middles for the Cronulla Sharks, very, very impressive. Nakora, again, you know, one of the game's best at the moment. So um, Craig Fitzgibbon, you know, there was a lot of hype in and around him getting the head coaching job there in Cronulla. Um, and he's proving to be worth every single dollar. All right, Dana, let's open it up and talk about your crew, uh, the Melbourne Storm, because... You know, you know, Melbourne Storm, they're, they're always seen as, as that dominant team that, that wins most weeks. But, you know, it hasn't exactly been the easiest start for the, the competition heavyweights. Um, you know, plenty of injuries, but, you know, they, they found guys to sort of step up in those roles and they continue to win games. Yeah, so obviously, you know, first couple rounds, we lost some playmakers like Christian Welsh, George Jennings. They're out for the season. Cooper Johns with his shoulder. I think he's back maybe in four weeks, but we'll see how he's going. But um, I think someone that's stepped up a lot is Nick Meany. Um, He has just been an unbelievable player. His ball skills is like I can't even fathom him. All of a sudden, he's nowhere and then he's everywhere. He's in every single play. He's getting tries. He's got line breaks. He's got try assists. He's just an unbelievable all-round player, and I think he's so detrimental to the Storm that it's. I'm so excited to see what kind of we've got coming from him because I feel like he's still got a lot kind of in his tank to yeah. push through. Um, you know, obviously Alec McDonald as well. He's one of the new kids coming up through. He's played a couple couple minutes here and there, and he was, apart from a couple fumbles last week, he was still, he's a good player. He's there when you need him. He's a good support as well. Um, but, you know, you can't go past the quick hands and just the impeccable skills of Jerome Hughes. His gameplay last week was unfathomable. It's something that Jerome Hughes, thank God we've signed him till the end of 2025, along with Harry Grant and Xavier Coates till 26, because I, if we were going to lose that man, I was going to have a breakdown because he's yeah. just such an impeccable and important part of Melbourne's side as well. And he's just, he's just a top bloke, but he's just each air and everywhere. And he can just kind of get through those little gaps and just take off running with speed um, and get those, those big tries that we need. Dana, I've seen this movie before um, and <laughs> You know, unfortunately, you know, it wasn't my Newcastle Knights, but I've I've seen this movie before, and that is the Melbourne Storm 
building a team around three or four top quality players, paying them all a million dollars. You know, I know there's contract negotiations with Munster, but, you know, Pappenhausen, Munster, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, you know, it, it, I've, I've seen this movie before, you know, that they just, they get role players and they, they build them around this squad, around those stars, and, and Craig Bellamy's able to make that work. He called out Nick Meany. Look, he was a Newcastle Knights player, went to Can- um, Canary Bulldogs. He's a bit of a battler, goes down there and plays good football. Josh King, I love Josh King. He was an absolute battler again at the Newcastle Knights, goes down to Melbourne Storm. This guy's going to be captaining his country in, in the next couple of years. He's unbelievable. So it just goes to show that Craig Bellamy is one of the best coaches. He coaches players. He improves players. He builds confidence within them. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that at the moment. Um, as I've mentioned, Dana, this definitely feels like, you know, a little bit of a last dance scenario, though, because all of your forwards are leaving at the end of this year. The, you know, the record. The, you know, the Dolphins have just been absolutely brutal. They're signing all of your players. Um, and Brandon Smith, he's going to be a little bit of a loss. So for me, I really feel like Melbourne Storm, you know, this is the year that they um, they, they push everyone aside and win a competition. So, look, my prediction against a very high-quality Cronulla Sharks, I, I, just can't tip against, I just can't tip against your Storm at the moment, but I think it's going to be close. Melbourne Storm by two points. Yeah, I'm obviously going to be in the same boat. I never tip against Melbourne, um, even when we play, you know, Penrith. But it's something that, you know, you mentioned that it's the last hurrah, but I I honestly don't think it is because, you know, 10 years ago when you had Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk, Cameron Smith as the pack leaders, that's when you had little little Cameron Munster and little Christian Welsh (laughs) kind of coming through as their their debut season in 2012 and look where they are now. Poke fun, but uh, Melbourne Storm building a dynasty here. And to be clear, I reckon, you know, Craig Bellamy, you know, obviously we'll see um, how many more seasons he's got. He may be talking last dance to his team, but we all know next year they're going to roll out with Pappy, Munster, uh, Jerome Hughes and Harry Grant, and they're going to obviously bring through their juniors. So plenty more success in Melbourne Storm's future, that's for sure. All right, let's power through our next segment, which is a rapid fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, in rapid fire this week, Dana, we're going to power through the remaining games of round five. Let's kick it off on Thursday night as uh, in Canberra, the Canberra Raiders will host the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, Dana, it's been a difficult start for the Canberra Raiders football team. Um, you know, obviously they're going to be favoured here with North Queensland being a little bit inconsistent. Um, you know, again, I, I say this most weeks, but it, it, it's incredible to think where the Canberra Raiders were only a couple of years ago. They now find themselves in this awkward position where they are trying to sort of, you know, rebuild on the fly. You know, I still feel like one of the things that has been a little bit underrated was the loss of Jamal Fogarty. It's probably not getting spoken about. You know, it, it was it was quite, you know, it was unbelievable to me that he left the Gold Coast Titans. You know, he was, you know, sort of a captain there. And, you know, I really felt like he would balance out, um, you know, Jack White in a really good way. Look, young Schneider, he, he's, he's a great young player. Probably, you know, could, you know, he probably is the future there, at, you know, at the Raiders, but they're looking for impact right now. So, you know, I guess Jamal Fogarty can't return soon enough for the Canberra Raiders. Look, in, in terms of, you know, some of, the, some of the talent they do have in their team, I think it's their forward pack. You know, they really need to start taking some of these contests personal and start start winning the middle. You know, there is absolutely no reason why they can't be successful up front. You know, Josh Papali'i, you know, Joseph Tarpane, you know, they have some of the best stacked second rowers in the game. So, you know, Canberra Raiders, I think the challenge for Ricky Stewart is to make sure that they win the middle. So, 
Um, yeah, look, Canberra Raiders, I'm going to tip them to get the job done against North Queensland only because the Cowboys have been quite inconsistent. At their best, they can easily beat the Canberra Raiders, um, but just that inconsistency worries me, especially on the road. So Canberra Raiders for me. All right, Dana, let's move it over to, uh, again, our last, well, our first Friday night to round out the Penrith Panthers Broncos. They'll be on Friday as well. But the South Sydney Rabbitohs, they'll be the earlier 4 o'clock game coming up against the Canterbury Bulldogs there in Sydney. Uh, look, <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult for both sides at the moment. Dana, the loss of Latrell Mitchell, you know, you hear about, okay, a little bit of a hamstring injury there. Two months he's going to be out of the game. So that's devastating for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They are a very, very different football team without without Latrell. You know, he is their X factor. They don't have Adam Reynolds. You know, they, they are missing Dane, uh, Dane Gagai. So, look, you know, Canterbury, a lot's been spoken about in terms of their struggles. But, you know, this is the time to get South Sydney. Um if we think about the Canterbury Bulldogs, look, Kyle Flanagan returned against the Penrith Panthers. I thought he was better. I, I, I just, I do not understand why Kyle Flanagan is not played in every single game. Obviously, if players underperform, you do want to give him a little bit of a taste of Reggie's. I get that from a coaching perspective, but Kyle Flanagan is not the reason this football team is not winning games. So, yeah, look, um, you know, my, my hope for Kyle is that he plays out the remainder of, of the season and tries to build a little bit of a combination there with Matty Burton. Um, as for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, I'm still waiting for that Cody Walker performance, Dana. I, I feel like he's really, you know, as we sort of predicted in the preseason, without Adam Reynolds, with a new young half, Lockie Ilias, who I think's playing really well, I still feel like Cody's trying to figure out what his role is now. You know, he's trying to, he can't just sit back and sort of, I guess, inject himself as that dynamic player anymore really needs to be a leader of this football team. So Cody Walker, not at his best, but I really feel like, um, you know, any day now we're going to see that performance. Uh, Look, I'm going to go South Sydney, but I really feel like this one's going to be surprisingly close. I'm going to go South Sydney by two points. Um, Kennery Bulldogs to get very, very close to a major upset here. Uh, Dana, we spoke about the Penrith Panthers coming up against the Brisbane Broncos. Let's roll forward now to Saturday at 5.30 as we see the Manly Warringah Seagulls coming up against the Gold Coast Titans. Dana, what's doing on the Gold Coast? It's uh, it, it you know you talk about inconsistency and uh, look the Gold Coast Titans are certainly that and more. You know I, I guess the most the most simple way to to explain the Gold Coast Titans is they're not playing for eighty minutes. They are playing probably some of the best football we've seen in patches, but we're only talking fives or ten ten minutes of football where they can score two three tries and it is off the back of their dynamic player David Fafita. Um, Dana, we were talking about this off-air in terms of how do you unlock David Fafita. That is the $1.2 million question at the moment for Justin Holbrook. You know, to be honest, you're probably going to get a little bit more bang for the buck moving him into the middle. You're going to get more production, more metres out of him. But you saw on the weekend against Parramatta, his ability to break uh, break the line on that edge playing in that second-row position it's going to produce one or two tries. The challenge is you don't get that each and every week, and he does go a little bit quiet. So, you know, the David Fafita puzzle still remains unsolved for me. So, um, yeah, a little bit of an interesting one there. Jermaine Asako, you know, that was a really clever buy there for the for the Gold Coast Titans, obviously with Jaden, you know, missing a couple of weeks there. So, uh, again, he's still trying to find his way. We spoke about Manly a little bit earlier. Um, you know, I really feel like this injury to Tom Travojevic is, is probably a positive for them. You know, they really need to find other ways to beat football teams besides just passing the ball to Tom Travojevic. So, you know, it's good to see them starting to really, um, you know, improve things defensively. Um, and Daly Cherry Evans, he's in really good form at the moment. So, 
again, he's heard all of the news stories. Nathan Cleary, he is going to be the halfback at the end of the season for Australia in the World Cup. You know, Daly Cherry Evans, he's the incumbent. He's going to take that personal. So, you know, just keep a very close eye on Daly Cherry Evans this season because he's going to be looking to put in some very special performances. Look, Manly at home, I think they're going to be too strong against a very inconsistent Gold Coast Titans. David Fafita to score a try, gamble responsibly. All right, Dana, you finish us off with the remainder of round five. All righty. So coming through, obviously got the Roosters and the Warriors. Uh, it's Sydney's home game, but I think that... This could go either way, uh, and it could either be a blowout for the Roosters or the Warriors could could stay in and, like, they played very well over the weekend. Um, but, you know, it's hard to to push past the the star-studded team that is the Sydney Roosters with your James Tedesco's, like you said, Joseph Manu, um, you know, Sam Walker, I would like to see more of. I feel like they haven't kind of utilised him as much as they could have in the last few games. Um, Same as Luke. Luke Keary and Paul Momorowski as well. I feel like if they, the three of them can kind of step up um, through that kind of attacking side of it, I think they would definitely. Dana, sorry to jump in. Momorowski, oh my God. Katoni Staggs gave him a bath last (laughs) week. You know, you could literally, like Katoni Stagg, that palm, he literally lifted the guy up in the air multiple times. I mean, Katoni, this bloke has a family, you know. It was it was unbelievable. But, uh, look, he, he's, a, he's a pretty proud player. I'm sure he's going to come back with a bang. It's hard to watch. I'm telling you, it's hard to watch. But, yeah, I think if they can push through and just kind of have that attack, um, it's going to be great. But also you can't you can't go past Sean, Donchon, Sean Johnson, um, you know, and Reese Walsh has said out on the media that he's happy to kind of stand back and, and watch Sean do his thing because he is more experienced. You know, Reese is coming through. Uh, he's a young kid. He's got a lot to learn, but he is learning a lot. And I think he's a, is an extravagant player on the field as well. But, you know, the skills that Sean Johnson has um, is unmatched. And then you've got Cody Nicarima as well. He's just been playing so well. As And then I think that, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen because it could go anything, you know, the Roosters could get four in, four more injuries and then they're out. But I'm going to go the Roosters for that one, but I still think it's going to be a close closer game than a lot of people would like it to be. Um, going on to the next one, it's the same. It's uh, St. George, Illawarra Dragons versus your beautiful Newcastle Knights Come in on, Knights. Wollongong. Let's go the Knights. Oh, look, it's it's something that it's hard to – it's really hard to look past the star-studded backs of St. George, Illawarra between Ben Hunt, Cody Ramsey, Jack Bird, three incredible players. You've got Tyrell Sloan, who's been coming through the system. And I think they've just been, they've been consistent, but not consistent enough to play a full 80 minutes. So I think, what's your your thoughts on them? The Dragons keep not playing their best players. Like Tyrell Sloan, he gets moved out for Moses M by, you know, um, Junior Amon, who's the future of that club, absolutely talented player. He gets put on the bench. You know, I get Jack Bird, I get Moses M. By you know, veteran, more experienced. But uh, anyway, look, I'm not going to play, complain as a Newcastle Knights fan. If you're not going to pick your best players against our team, I'm happy with that one. Anyway, I, I can handle it, Dana. Um, well, what, what are you thinking here? Because, you know, it, it isn't easy to go down there and play in Wollongong. But, uh, yeah, what's your thoughts? In all honesty, I don't know. Uh, it's something that, you know, you look at last week's performance and it's it's hard to to kind of measure it up because you did have your ass handed to you, but it was by Manly. So it's kind of a bit of leeway because the Dragons are, you know, in that bottom half of the table with your Newcastle Knights. So my thing as well is can 
we please leave Caelan Ponger alone because I just feel so bad for the kid. He keeps getting all these hard hits. He's out with concussion. He already wears a helmet. You don't need to attack him even more. He's already confused about if he wants to stay at Newcastle Knight. The head knocks are not helping with his decision-making, and it's just I'm sick of Dan talking about it as well. So, (laughs) you know, I think um, Dom Young, I hope, kind of pushes through a bit more kind of. Dana injured, yeah. Oh, is he? God damn it. Yeah, Knights fans, we watched him. yeah, he's, been, he's been an absolute star, and we have been looking for that for that athletic outside backs to really sort of come in and dominate. He looks like a special player, uh, but no bad news on that knee injury. Um, look, I'm going to... Uh, well, never mind. That was my uh, saving grace for you. <laughs> I'm going to sneak in and say the Knights get an upset here, but Dana, you got, you're leaning Dragons? Yeah, I was going to go Dragons. Um, I was going to go Knights, but uh, if Dom's out, then yeah, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Progressing on to uh, Monday afternoon because it is Easter, so we've got a long weekend. We get a Monday night game or Monday afternoon game this week as well. Uh, Comac Stadium, Parramatta Eels versus the West Tigers. I am concerned for the Tigers uh, after the performance they put on last week, uh, and in all honesty, the whole season there is rumours that his their coach might get sacked uh, in the next few weeks coming that they haven't been this bad since their debut in 2000. So I am concerned about that weighing on the players as well as just kind of obviously losing what we're on about four, five in a row, five, that's losing four games in a row is not a good way to start any kind of sporting season. Um, You know, I have mixed feelings about Parramatta, but you can't go past the stars that they've squad that they've got going on. Clint Gutherson, Dylan Brown are just uh, a combination that I think is borderline unstoppable. If they get the ball and they get their momentum, they are consistent. And I think that is something that is going to affect the West Tigers because they just can't control that ball and they can't, they don't have that uh, aggressive attack like Parramatta do. Um, is Junior Polo, is he playing or is he on? Suspended. Is he yeah, out? Weeks, He's yeah. suspended. Yeah, good. He deserved it. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's something that you look at that lineup and you kind of got to wonder if the Tigers have it in them because, again, I feel like they're in that kind of need to rebuild that they don't have the skills and they don't have the money so they can't afford to get those star-studded players like the Bulldogs have and the Sharks have. So they're kind of just in that pocket of struggle and, you know, Luke Brooks is great, but you can't carry 18 men just by yourself. Um, so I am a bit concerned, but I do have a little soft spot for the Tigers and I don't know why. I, probably because they're like a, they're a newer team, like Melbourne kind of were coming into that competition. They're not those established teams being there for 100 years. So uh, my underdog tip of the week is going to be the Tigers. Um, I reckon it'll be close, but I, I think they're going to put up a decent fight just because Parramatta have got a couple injuries uh, and suspensions kind of throughout their their squad. That what, it might give them an opportunity to kind of get a win under their belt for the year. I'll tell you what, I thought my underdog tip of the week was bold with the Newcastle Knights, but i tell you what, if the West Tigers upset the Parramatta Reels, they will close the city of Campbelltown. There will be a parade on Main Street. Uh, but, no, as, as you mentioned, uh, 0-5, they've really got to start to turn things around. And, um, you know, they're professionals. They'll come out and they'll give Parramatta some struggles. But, yeah, we'll be really interested to see who wins the Battle of the West. 
All right, Dana, that's all we've got time for. Uh, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support during this NRL season. Two episodes each and every week. Um, how do you support at the NRL show? Continue to download the podcast. Don't just listen. Please download. That helps us keep track of you. And, and as always, continue to share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.